Oh, cheek is itchy. There we go. I dealt with it. Why is your cheek itchy? I don't know. Just all of who, a sudden. Who said it was his cheek? That's which, a good point. Yeah, you, which you cheek do was raise it? a good point. I got four cheeks that could be itchy. Which one was it? What the f*** is going on down there? Five, four, three, two. Well, hold on. This is way too hot. Let's turn this down a little. That's okay. the first. Yeah, I'm normally way... one, two, five, four. Th- we're in it. I'm way too hot. Hi, Aaron. Welcome Hi. to TFW. We Hi, are how in you it. Doing? Um, I'm okay. My, my mic was a little bit hot. Okay. Uh, also, I was a little you're, bit you're, hot. You're always hot. Yeah. Also hot today is TJ Omega. It's Florida. That's how it goes. Yeah, so how's the global warming going over in Florida this, this <laughs> January? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to die in July. And so it's only one. It's like, it's like 40, 50 degrees Celsius over there. You can first that for me or... No, because I, I always forget. Double it and add 32. It's close enough. Crin, Crin's going to beat me so up you're saying, when he hears this So you're part. saying 90 to 110. Oh, Florida. Ballpark. It's not too far off. I'm just ballparking. I'm ballparking. Uh, yeah, welcome to episode uh, 444, WTFTFW. FYI, I'm recording this in the template by accident. So, uh... Remember, have... <laughs> save as, not save. Yep, gonna have to save as this one. Um, we got some Transformers The Last Night toy leaks to talk about. So bear in mind, we're going to talk about toys from the first wave of the last night, we are assuming. So if that is too far spoilerville for you, then you got to fast forward, Mr. and or Mrs. Okay, let me know when you're done. Oh, no, Aaron, you have to go through this. You're going to have this all spoiled for you anyway. <laughs> Neither one of us wanted spoils. So we just let Vangelis talk for the next hour. I'll just yeah. talk about Barricade a whole bunch and then go like, and other stuff happened. Uh... I don't want to talk about Barricade first because that's the thing I'm the most interested in. So let's let's skip down. Let's start from the bottom. All right. Number one, uh, there's a photo showing that the deluxe toy of Dinobot Slash is going to be in the first wave of deluxes along with Bumblebee Barricade and Berserker. Uh, Dinobot Slash appears to just be the Age of Extinction toy. Uh, mm-hmm. The assumption some are having is maybe they're going to just do him but in gunmetal so that he looks like they did in the film. Uh he wasn't in the film, so that's interesting. Maybe he's going to be in this film. Also, uh, Slash was one of the one of the weirder and maybe somewhat disappointing Dinobot Deluxes. That was uh, the one that had the the clear uh, spines on the back that the axe like kind of sit in it. But oh no no, it? that's uh, that was Snarl. That was Snarl. Oh, Slash okay. was yeah. the was the teal Velociraptor. Oh, yeah, Slash okay. was one of those half rubber feathers. Yeah. I don't know. I can't tell because it looks like a bunch of knives and dinosaur bits. And well, the this is, so if you look at his photo, photo, right, it's all curvy, whereas Snarl oh. is all platy. Oh, wow. That's obviously. I'm sorry. Ugh. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't have any opinion on that other than yo, that Age of Extinction Bumblebee is also the Bumblebee in this. Like, it's there are two Age of Extinction deluxes in the first wave of the last night. Half of the first wave of deluxes for the new movie are toys from the last movie. And, hey, let's look at that Bumblebee, who looks way less painted than he did in the last movie. Uh, that I like the Age of Extinction Deluxe Bumblebee. I have the two Japanese versions, you know, him and Stinger. This looks like hot garbage. 
uh, with his highly unpainted legs. And the weirder part of this is his movie model looks like it's closer to the 07 model, which makes this toy choice extremely strange. Uh, this, this sucks. Uh, this Bumblebee sucks. You shouldn't buy this Bumblebee. This, this, there's already better... There are like two or three better versions of this mold paint-wise that have been out for going on three years. But that's just me. Uh, Aaron, TJ, either of you want to step up? Stick up for this? I, I believe your statement of hot garbage is 100% correct. Yeah, okay. If he actually uses the ninja stars in this movie, it will save it. That will it? The, no. Only no, no, <laughs> no. No, it won't, but I'm trying to have <laughs> no. something from this. And I, I want to restate in case you think I'm just doing, you know, movie trash talk. No, this toy is good. And people should own this toy if they like Transformers. But there are way better versions of it out. Go uh, find Stinger. Stinger is one of those way better versions. Like this guy, if he still has the battle mask, it looks like he still has the thing where you can slide that battle mask down. But it's just a solid yellow plate now. So it'll be like, hey, Bumblebee, what if you were blind? And then, you know, it's like that Jedi training helmet. He's blind and he's mute. Yeah. Sadness. Uh, anyway, that's the garbage out of the way. <laughs> Let's talk about the two new toys. Berserker is weird because he's bringing back a movie three design. He looks like he's one of the dreads, uh, mm-hmm. namely the, the dread who got a deluxe toy who has dreads. Uh, he seems to have that spiked, like triple stacked spike mace stick that he had in Age of Extinction. Uh, it's, it looks like a completely new toy. Uh, the main thing about it that I'm kind of into is how, from a frontal view, the sheer amount of that vehicle mode that just accordions up into his back. Like, you can see that the backpack probably does not look all that great when viewed from the rear. But uh, the way that it accomplishes a bit of a visual trick, I kind of like. Uh, yeah. The car panels on his, or, the, you know, the, the big panels of car on his arms look armor-like more than they do car panel-like. Uh, especially if they do fold up a little bit as they seem to in one photo. Uh, I, I say all this with, with the one caveat that he also looks like wildly unpainted. And I think that the shape of his legs is a bit of a tragedy. Uh, Cause it looks like he has implications of feet more than he actually has feet. And so I, I don't look forward to standing this toy up. I can't quite tell if his feet in all of these photos are mistransformed. It no, could th- be. They are. They are. Cause because his it legs looks are like, mit- Aaron's going to say it, yeah. I was going to say, it looks like he has an additional joint and he should be like the... He's standing up on tiptoes and I think that the surface behind that's actually what he's supposed to be standing on, maybe using the wheel as a heel. Oh, yeah, so it's like he has... He's, he's supposed to have digital grid legs. Okay, yeah, okay. I'll, I'll rescind my comments on this on his feet then. Yeah, if, if if that actually does transform into digital grid legs, then that's pretty cool. Uh, I think that the the just sea of gray that is all of his visible robot parts mm-hmm. is horrible though. <laughs> uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing the Takara Tomy version, which I assume will actually paint more of that. Yeah. Cause especially I'm, I think that that red X on his chest must be a factory marking. That's what I'm sitting there looking at. Cause that doesn't yeah. look like a real deco. That looks like a something wrong with this. Yeah. Scratch out. I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna pretend that that's paint app because there's yeah. no friggin' way. Uh, but I really hope because he he needs something to separate his his torso from his crotch from his legs 
Because as it is, it looks like he's a naked guy with knee pads. And like, I really need those dreads painted. That too. Yeah, even just like a light metal wash on it or something. Yeah. Just to give it some variety. And, and doubly so, if he's if that toy is going to be in a box that says, he is, there is a picture of it. He's in a box that says Premiere Edition. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, you, you can't do that. You can't tell me that's Premiere Edition when he has no paint on 50% of his visible robot mode. And like I don't think a lot of that paint's going into the vehicle mode either. I, I, actually, you know, if yeah, okay, if all those windshields are painted, then I can see how the budget maybe got dried up, but that's also assuming these premier editions cost the same as deluxes. If they cost more than deluxes, then this is gonna be a real conversation. God. Yeah. Um But I, I say all this as someone who's I, I really like the dreads as character concepts. I collected all the Cyberverse toys. I got like a couple copies of Crank Case because I really like that that figure and that design. So I'm excited that it's back. I just hope that I like this figure and I hope a nicer painted one comes out. I don't know about you guys. Like, were, Did either of you really connect with the dreads? Not mm-hmm. really. Not really. They were interesting, but not uh, must have. Like they didn't really get to be cool in the movies. No. The coolest thing they did was when they launched up and like transformed all at the same time. But then they slowly just got like destroyed and decapitated. Mm-hmm. And it made them a bit less cool. All right, let's get let's get to the main event then, which is uh these deco sheets for one step changers. My god. Can you believe? No, you can't? No. I mean, I know they exist, but I'm in stunned silence. I was laughing my head off that like, because these are basically the same kind of leaks that came out for generations. And so, you know, I have a, a brain reaction to seeing the shape and the layout of these pages, which is like, oh, a leak. And I look at it. It's a movie one step changer. And I just started dying laughing. I was like, this is like, you know, the this this is a really deep look. At something that is inexpensive and designed to be inexpensive. I, ju- I just imagine this being like, well, everybody was losing their crap over this stuff before. We need more <laughs> of these. Yeah, someone's like, all right, I'm going to get a hot scoop. I'm going to get the hottest scoop. And, you know, I want, I'll make it clear. It's not like we're saying one step changers shouldn't exist. Obviously, they should. Sometimes they're even fun. Just a deco sheet for one is pretty funny. Uh... I appreciate that there's a gloss finish on the eyes. That'll do a lot to make them look alive. Um, sure. Kind of looks like Hound is wearing a a really small tank top because <laughs> it ends right above his gut. Uh, and it's the same color as his beard, which is odd. All right. He this looks like he's wearing a belly shirt. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? Maybe it's he is. Spr- it's spring break hound. Maybe he is in the movie. Maybe he's just going to get a little bit free. You know, he's going he's gonna to let it hang. Uh, let's talk about this barricade. Um, we uh, the one thing about this barricade, which is still a bit of a mystery, is in some, as Aaron pointed out in some of these photos, as Aaron calls them, the potato photos. He's got just a big old cape made out of the top shell of the car. In the nicer photos, that cape does not seem to be there. And the nicer photos all show him from the front. So we can't really tell if he pulls a really cool transformation that folds up a bunch of that cape. Or if the nicer photos person just ripped the cape off the back to make him look better. Yeah, I'm not seeing, like, I see 
stuff that looks like it's folded sideways down his back in like the top three quarter shot that mm-hmm. shows a car and then berserker behind him yeah it looks like there's some hinging in there but i don't see where on the car like on the on the roof or the trunk bed where that would be so there's a part of me that wonders if that's a piece that just comes off yeah because i mean we've at least seen it before where that becomes like a shield thing but then you'd think you'd see it on the on like on the next floor? to it or in his hand yeah or, yeah i guess this is the floor this isn't desk there's a power strip behind one of these photos but yeah i i don't know yeah i mean that leaving that aside like i i'm, I'm hopeful that it at least becomes a shield because I, I like the way that like his other accessories can all just sort of hang off of his his uh you know his thighs kind of like they're they're slung there mm-hmm. um and I, I like how many accessories he seems to come with uh and I, i'm way into those knuckle dusters being on his knuckles and being like legible like you can yeah. see the letters on them i like this barricade design a lot i'm even getting okay with the fact that he's blue and white rather than black and white and I think this toy looks really fun. Like, the main thing is, I am down for this figure if it costs as much as a deluxe. This whole premiere edition thing is throwing me off. Because mm-hmm. if he costs as much as, like, or if he's between or as much as a Voyager, then I'm a lot less interested. Because then I'd rather just wait for a Takara Tomy version. But the, the, the this looks like a fun, totally adequate Transformer. And damn, if Barricade doesn't deserve to finally have that. Because like mm-hmm. the best figures of him are still like f- fairly flawed, so um, I'm I'm into this toy a whole lot. But I, and of course, this a lot of this is coming from the fact that I also just like Barricade, and I like this redesign because it's kooky. But um, like Aaron, how do you feel about uh, this deluxe? We hope Barricade. Um, this is a case where, like, if it is more expensive but is well apt, I I wouldn't be bad with this being like a. F- closer to like the um human alliance style mm. where it was more expensive but not necessarily bigger i mean it was a little bit bigger but not well, like those were, those were size of, those were kind of bigger yeah i'm thinking, I'm well, thinking but, more I, like, but i'm not uh, saying they weren't like up to voyager size like that kind I, of old mega space i'm thinking know? i'm thinking of those like um what was it in the first movie they had like the the was this called the premiere or the prestige you know the the premium premium editions mm-hmm. i'm thinking along the lines yeah. of that like that if, would be... if this ends up being if this ends up being like that and has good apps because like you know we were saying before with berserker you know that looks like it's not uh up to spec on the paint yet so if, if that's what we're still looking at and there's more to come then that'd be great if it's not and this is it man i really hope it's deluxe I mean, this guy is carrying a limited amount of paint apps a lot better than Berserker. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though, like, you look at his car mode and there's just that giant black strip in the front. And I don't think that's necessarily a design aspect of that type of police car. Like, that just looks like that is an unpainted black plastic piece amidst blue plastic pieces. And yeah. I really would like it if that hood strip could have been... Like, it doesn't look terrible. Well, I the- mean, but that's also like when you have, like stripe rally stripe looking stuff on it but on a police car uh, yeah well but he's not just a police car he's a he's an evil police car he's an evil police car protect and serve <laughs> knuckle dusters maybe he can't can't he have some attitude we're making stuff I'm, up for him 
is what we're doing. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of just sitting back and remembering that if you look back at those one-step changers, it actually has him with a flame deco. He's that tough in this movie. Yeah. Yo, don't don't make Cop me car like with him. flames. Don't make me like him more. <laughs> uh, well, TJ, how do you feel about this this barricade figure? Uh, I am into this one. I do like the look of it. I like the character it seems to have between the knuckle dusters and all the weaponry he comes with. I like this. I like that he just comes with just like a straight up pistol. Yeah, like, yeah, just like a Robo Cop pistol. I think he has two because he's got. It looks like he has a pistol and a baton on his legs as well. Yeah, and I think those look like they come off. Like those grips look five millimeter. Mm-hmm. And so the like just the accessory count on him is is kind of getting me yeah. happy. Well, there's well, yeah. There's also the photos where they're not on his legs. Yeah, that too. I hope he comes with all those. <laughs> like it, it, I'd be okay if he only came with the one pistol because I, I mean, it's not like he. I, d- I doubt it's like, oh, that baton is a premium piece that was just on this test shot. But, yeah. Um, I-, I think also this figure works because he's doing that thing that a good movie toy does. Um, or, well, not a good movie toy. He does that thing that a type of good movie toy does. Where, like, one type of good movie toy looks like it jumped right off the screen. The other type takes a messy design and smooths it into a pretty good-looking transformer with a funny-looking head. Uh, and this guy, I think, is totally that. Like, this guy with a different head would fit into any other Transformer line, I think. Oh, yeah. I, th- I think so, too. Like, he's got a nice, solid look to him. He's He feels like Barricade just kind of picked himself up out of the first movie and just, like, spent the last ten years just training for a rematch. And, and he's still got that one Barricade thing that I think is often forgotten as being a design element, which is the way that he's got those two spires on his shoulders with the tires on top. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. which, which is a part of Barricade's design I always liked. Like, I, I remember when the 07 toys came out and people kept folding those things down into, like, you know, uh, parallel to the floor shoulder pads. I was always like, that looks terrible. That doesn't look like him at all. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of... This is the this is the first new movie toy that I'm legit kind of looking forward to picking up. Um, Berserker, I hope, I hope looks better. Because I, I like that design a lot. But this Barricade... Uh, as long as he isn't too expensive, I'm, I'm thinking about him. I should mention, by the way, um, Blackhawk Omega pointed me out uh, from our last podcast together, uh, two episodes ago, um, that that there are listings for two other masterpiece movie toys who have code names that have been since decoded to probably be Optimus Prime and Barricade. So, if especially if they are going to go in line with that Bumblebee and being the 07 movies. A, a barricade done like that bumblebee seems to be on the horizon i'm kind of excited about toy fair if that might be where it would get shown um an optimus done for 100 bucks could also turn out pretty well given that the leader toy from many years ago turned out so well mm-hmm. see that's interesting to me because now you have you have the potential of which barricade that we're going to end up with as a masterpiece i am super sure if that if that bumblebee is supposed to be 07 bumblebee because i don't know my camaros then <laughs> this will probably as we also talked about on twitter because some someone apparently told someone told blackhawk omega that like oh if that's supposed to be 07 it's turning into an like a later model of camaro and he mentioned that when he uh, pointed that out to us on twitter and i was like yo dude i am the last person to talk to about which model of camaro is which bumblebee <laughs> they all look like a camaro to me but i'm i think the chance is way higher it's going to be a black and white old timey uh, barricade. Well, the it's interesting because 
that bumblebee can still pass for you know well well obviously since we can't even tell what year the vehicle is <laughs> mm-hmm. it's like, just true that yeah, well, that Bumblebee could pass for the original or it could pass for the current one because we've gone back to the original design for this movie. So you could go either way with the barricade, I think. I guess, and I certainly wouldn't be upset at a nicer version of this new barricade. I, th- I think both barricades look great. I, The only grievance I have with the new barricade is just that his head is a little too plain. Like, it's it's just a round head. It's got the eyes, but I wish it had, you know, because barricade's head has that up spike to it. Um like that big thing protruding up on the front of his forehead. And I, I miss it here. But uh, I'm really hoping we're going to see photos of that stuff in a, in a couple weeks. I mean, Aaron, how do you feel about the prospect of those two as as other movie masterpiece toys? Uh, Better? Kind of? Can, can I get you excited about a barricade? Maybe. It's, for, for, it's really going to depend on like how the paints come through and and... I'm like, what the heck's going on with the back? Oh no, I mean, I mean the the potential oh, the, of a the, masterpiece the, one. The, the other masterpiece. Yeah, ones. Not, no, um, we're, yeah. Let's set this one no. aside. Set this. I mean, his silly premium box yeah. aside. Um, man, I don't know. It it's all going to depend on the design and the gimmicks because, um, I mean, I've said it before. Um, I don't know how much of this movie line I'm going to get just because. I like the aesthetics of the other lines a whole lot better and, you know, need to not be buying everything that comes out and like, you know, if it pulls if it does neat tricks that are, that are worthwhile, I'll be more likely to want to jump at it. But I think those three masterpiece toys are the most likely to do that. Yeah. Like, especially if it is a $100 07 Optimus. That would be like in, in today dollars and today production costs, that to me would be like a s- very slightly enhanced Revenge of the Fallen Leader Prime. Yeah. And I, I if it's not based on that skeleton and is, you know, wholly new engineering and tooling, then I, I would be very interested to see how it works, because I, I always like a high cost, lots of moving parts movie toy or a movie toy that can like do something that that uh, takes advantage of that aesthetic you know like that that masterpiece bumblebee actually pulling off a more intricate looking transformation that doesn't feel or doesn't look like it's it's gonna just be a revenge of the fallen kind of deal you know with mm-hmm. a gajillion moving parts i don't know something about that movie masterpiece line is kind of like putting a hook in my mouth but you got to see how it turns out of course mm-hmm. and if you know these these decoded leak lists are even true um anyway that's all for our movie talk for this week uh let's do some new picture picks uh tj is there anything on the front page that's really catching your eye hmm let's see what is left after that yeah i figured i figured we'll pile all the movie things together because then we don't have to be the one who goes like i guess i'll pick out deluxe autobot slash leaked (laughs) um uh, let's keep it let's keep it simple for now, and we'll go with the RID Combiner Force Soundwave. Yeah, I'm uh, actually avoiding looking at coverage of those of some of these figures because they came out right in the in the Philippines. Uh, um, did they? I mean, it's a full photo gallery of this one now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what was it? Uh, they and the newer wave of. Uh, Titans Return came out, so like, there's there are reviews out there for like Broadside and Sky uh, Sky Shadow, I believe. 
with his name now. Yeah, Sky Shadow. So I think there's a review out for this guy. I just have because it's a rid toy. I'm like, I don't really need to know lots about it. I might be mistaken. But... No, it's just this weird amalgamation of all your previous sound waves just kind of cobbled together. Yeah, which I isn't a bad idea. It doesn't look terrible. I think he looks like a pretty darn good rid toy. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the if you if you go to the sides in the back, there are some hands. But otherwise, he's folding up into a pretty good shape, and he looks pretty poseable. Mm-hmm. It's a nice kind of Earth take on his uh, War for Cybertron appearance. Yeah. Yeah. It's just really weird how he has the prime head. <laughs> like, that head... Like I, I think this looks really cool, but I can't disagree with people who say the prime sound wave head on a bulky body just feels really, really weird. And it certainly does. Yeah, I could easily see that. Because I kind of dig it. Because that's what tells me this is Prime Soundwave. It's not just like masquerading as like some other like G1-ish Soundwave. It's like that's the character. It's, I, it's like in that face design. I also really... I can't tell through all this light piping, but I think they might have sculpted a face on that red visor plate. Um, let me find a good shot. Like, I think there might be two eyes and a mouth sculpted on that thing. No, there is not. All right, are we sure? The shadow, the shadow's casting in weird directions. And you can, since you can see uh, all his bits uh, beyond the translucent, but I'm looking at like from the side, and it's like there's nothing. All right, because there's this one shot, the shot with him in the Prime Soundwave toy, where it looks like they might have done it on the inside of that visor so it would catch the light the way some of the Prime toys light piping would. Where it just looks like there's like two eyes and a frowny mouth. Okay, I see I, I see what you're seeing, but I don't see that in any of the other photos. Yeah, well, that's the thing, right? It's a translucent piece of plastic, so it's probably hard to see until until we actually can get a, an in-person look to confirm. Like at the same time, if there's internal sculpting to give him a face, that would be a super creepy look that I'd be way into. Yeah, I kind of like the idea. Um, it, also, in the sense of maybe divorcing this guy further from you know the prime version, even though they're supposed to technically be the same character, divorcing this version a bit farther in a in a kind of soft way. Having a, a face inside that visor is creepy. In a in another, it's less creepy than prime, but it's still kind of creepy. And I, I sort of dig the idea if it's in there. If it's not in there, I'm not going to be upset. But, yeah. Uh, no, I fully, I fully expect it to just be like just straight up translucent. Mm-hmm. Very, uh, very sideways. But so uh, yeah, I, I think this looks like a cool toy. Like I'm, I'm, I might go for the American version if I see it. But I'm super interested to see the uh, the Japanese version. I like how it's just like an inherent instinct in anyone who's doing photo galleries of the, of any sound wave to instantly try lamp post and tape deck mode. Yeah. I noticed yeah, those. I, wait, there are other modes. <laughs> no, no, no. But that's, it's the, the thing is that you have to fan mode them. You have to see how close they can get the boombox fan modes, especially on truck sound waves, like the war for Cybertron one. They're always like, I think they're kind of funny. They're kind of cute, but I always feel bad for the person who's taking the photos. Cause I'm like, Sometimes I get a feeling like, I don't think you really wanted to do this, but you knew people would yell at you if you didn't. Because <laughs> it, it doesn't look like a boombox, that's for sure. No. 
Those are wheels. Those are not speakers. Don't they put them in front? They tried. <laughs> I guess it's okay looking because, I mean, War for Cybertron, he didn't really turn into a boombox so much as like a, a power generator in that one well, boss Well, fight. okay, well, War for Cybertron put the boombox mode in the credits sequence, so that's the, it's their fault there. Yeah. That, and at least as the credit sequence, it's a fun thing. It's not like he yeah, busted that out in the middle of the game. Yeah, yeah they're having a little fun. You know, it's not like Soundwave actually turned into a boombox at some point. Yeah, thanks, Tej. I love you, Tej. Wherever you are. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to this wave of Combiner Force getting out there, where it's it's easily attainable. I'm just hoping that I can find it. If I if I'm not picking up the Japanese one, I would love to find this American one, but not at the usual Warrior toy prices. Uh, I I was hoping that price point would change. There's no reason why it would, but I saw some of the Combiner Force like repacks at a at a Target a couple weeks ago. And they were still that same price. And I was like, oh, man, like I'd somehow hoped maybe this would all dip down a little bit, especially with Grimlock coming out for like the five millionth time. Mm-hmm. And he's in two waves. Or at least two cases, Ormans. Um Aaron, do you have any any thoughts on uh, the sound wave? Um, I it's one I'll probably end up picking up if I find it in mm. stores. Um, he's, It is a nice like amalgam of three sound waves that weren't bad. Yeah. I don't, I don't mind this kind of like fusion sound wave. It's a cool idea. Uh, also Aaron, while I'm talking to you, Mm -hmm. do you have a new picture pick? I do. All right. What? I was going to say, throw it at me. And and then you started Uh, talking. So I was like, Oh, I'll just wait for him to throw it. But he didn't throw it. Uh, the, what was it, like, three unused movie posters? Yeah, for the 07 movie. For the 07 movie that showed up. Um, I kind of like the Prime coming out of the pool one. Yeah, uh, his, his elbow is a little bit... Yeah, look, it's <laughs> it's, it's early art, okay? <laughs> it's a little bit something. <laughs> you're, you're never graceful coming out of a pool. Especially um, with as tall as Prime is supposed to be, that's a really deep pool. That too, yeah. I like that the My Little Pony is very clearly visible. Yeah. And that one, like, almost to the point of, like, it's been turned around, so it's more product visible. Yeah. The, oh, I am very conveniently holding this Hasbro product. <laughs> yeah. Can you read the label on this Mountain Dew bottle? Yeah. And you see all these beer bottles facing and fronting or whatever. I just really I've I've literally seen a movie where they were panning past characters as they were on the run. And then they had to like quickly like pan back because they went past a logo they had to film. Yeah. I just feel like if his arm had like his arm could have just been placed angled more to the left and it would have looked way more natural. And it would have filled in that big spot over there. Yeah. Somehow his arm is perfectly in line and not at all awkwardly grabbing the edge. Yeah. Like his arm <laughs> looks like someone else's leg. Yeah. And I could swear that that was the movie eye poster, something different. Yeah. Because it, it I was could just swear the eye. We, was it just the eye? Yeah. Okay. It was just the eye and then like the horizon of the earth. Yeah. It wasn't okay. like meteors coming down and. Okay. Uh, because it cer- certainly wasn't like the two of them standing there. That one definitely had a feel that was. You know, that I'd seen something like that. And then the third thing that's just like, eh, I don't know, some Scorpion art we found. 
Yeah. Well, it's Scorpion the, same, Wants it's is the like, same screen cap they use for everything. Yeah, it's that one trailer shot that was in like every single 07 movie teaser. Um, hang on a sec. I'm trying to find the links from my own thing. DJ, while I'm doing that, do you have any uh, any more thoughts on those posters as, as an avowed movie fan? As <laughs> an avowed movie fan? Sure. Yeah, we can't get you to shut up about it. Yeah, just constantly. I, I, I can't help it, guys. I'm just... It's got me. I'm too into it. I don't know. It's a fun thing to see, like, alternate takes on that, what they find. Like, well, what face do we want for this movie? How do we want to promote what's actually going to get people in the seats? And this big... I like the idea that at some point, the option of, like, advertising this movie based on a bunch of guys running away from a big pile of shrapnel in the desert was on the table as advertising for the movie. Yeah. Just like, look, like, it's, it's a, it's a big scorpion robot monster, you know, before everyone even got into the whole part where things transform. You can't even tell it's a scorpion in that shot though. Like we know it's Scorpionock. Right. This is true. Well, let me take another look at it. Okay. Yeah. You can't even see the tail. Yeah. You can see the tail, but you have to know there was a tail there to know that yeah. that's... Oh, no, that, that is part of the explosion. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, his tail's gone. Yeah. It's like, I love this. You could just put the title as Five Guys Run in Desert. It's just like Desert Monster. Summer 2016. Yeah. Well, 2016. From Asylum, coming to the Sci-Fi Network. <laughs> they advertised for a 2016 movie in 2006. <laughs> um... All right, well, my, my new picture pick is going to be something that maybe could have been its own topic, but I don't care enough about it. The Power of the Primes fan vote is going on. Uh, there was an initial vote for uh, the people who were going to be in the Honor, Order, and Chaos parties. Is that what that initial vote was? Because I thought it was more... Because this yeah. seems like the weirdest thing to vote now. It, it, like, it was, you uh, vote... The, one of them yeah the initial vote was to vote between there were three choices for each category so you picked your favorite for each category so in honor you had ultra magnus rc and hound order was shockwave megatron star saber chaos was thunderwing optimus primal and unknown evil um so the winners are uh star saber uh, is uh, representing order ultra magnus represents honor optimus primal represents chaos and then because I think they thought someone else was going to win, they put in a wild card, which is Unknown Evil. Which is, by the way, what all you suckers who voted for Chaotic Optimus Primal should have voted for in the first place, is all I'm saying. Uh, I think the wild card <laughs> thing is really showing a hand of like, hey, we, we kind of planned this whole thing around Star Saber and Death Source. We thought maybe you already would have voted for them. So they're the wild cards now. Well, so now what's going to happen is, like, Optimus Primal's going to get a bunch of votes, and they're like, oh, crap. <laughs> no, he's a wild card. He's still in the game. Yeah, It's going to be one-on-one, -on -one, final round. Double, double vote, wild card. <laughs> vote for the wild card. Um, I'm a like, little... you, go, you go to click on Chaos, or you click on Optimus Primal, and your mouse just can't get to the thing. It, it, just, it just keeps, keeps bumping over. away. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> um, certainly... It has been the most questionable thing about this entire thing the whole time was representing Chaos, Optimus Primal. Because it's like, I, 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 I wonder if that just came down to the thing like, OK, it all fits into one. But man, we kind of have we kind of have four orders We're it's just and we need we kind of need another chaos. And like, I don't know, he's 
he's an animal? Optimus Primal, the, well, the chosen the representative time, of chaos. The one time he said sometimes crazy works. That makes him chaotic. Like, I think maybe they're hinging a little bit on, like, hey, who remembers Optimus Primal? And then, like, the loudest part of the demographic who came on in 07 are like, who? Oh, he's a he's primal. And look, he's got a mouth. He must be crazy. Look at those kooky red eyes. Now, to be to be fair, from old D and D, sometimes chaotic good's the most fun. This is true, but I don't like, think of of Gary Chalk <laughs> as Optimus Primal when I think chaotic good. Like he's about as like maybe not lawful good, but he's somewhere. He's closer on that side of the spectrum. I think he's because he's like an uncle. The chaotic good. I'm thinking more like Rekgar. I don't know. I don't somewhere ch- along there. I can't care enough because I'm just tickled that they cheated Deathsaurus back into the vote. I'm not necessarily sure if they cheated him in or if there is like a legitimate element of, well, he's he's the wild card. I know he's a wild card. I'm saying there's I'm saying like, yes, he could be. It's like, well, we've invested a lot because this is probably going to be a big toy. But like at the same time. I'm wondering if it could have been any of them, and it's just like that's the number four. Out I, of I don't all know, them. man. I got a, I got a feeling a part of it might have also been like, okay, we can't, we haven't secured which name we're gonna use. We're gonna call him Unknown Evil. It's gonna be a great reveal over the course of the voting. Wait, he didn't win. Oh, what the? Okay, well, he's the wild card. Pull his mugshot out and show that he's got that energy thing. Maybe people will vote for him now. <laughs> uh. I'm I'm a little bummed out it wasn't going to happen, but damn, I really kind of wished Hound had won for honor. <laughs> Who would have thrown off everybody? Because, like, you know, Hound's not really much of a character, so I was I was sort of hoping he'd, he'd sneak his way in, but... You've got eight people who I could legitimately see as a case for holding the Matrix in one way or another, and then the hologram guy. Yeah, and then there's mm-hmm. Hound, there's Jimmy Stewart Autobot. So I'm like, oh, I certainly would like to have the Matrix, too, you know? And I, I was looking forward to Hound Prime. Uh, but maybe that'll, that'll just be my fan fiction. I'm legitimately surprised, because of course I'm pulling for Star Saber, but, I, but to beat out Megatron and Shockwave is I don't know, a bit underdog feeling. That's, I mean, there there are always parts of these fan votes where I, st- I sort of wonder, like, I wonder if the... If if there are bits and pieces of this getting shuffled along with some some outside interference for the sake of what is more realistic to go with selling some toys, but uh, I don't know. Maybe Star Saber also just has the look, you know. Maybe there were because maybe there were people who were just kind of tired of Megatron and Shockwave. Although I'm surprised. Uh, well, Meg- Megatron maybe because they make a new Megatron at least once a year, but Shockwave. Yeah, and then, like, how does Star Saber win his category, but obvious Deathsaurus doesn't, and also loses to Optimus Primal, who's in the wrong category? Like, that's... Well, well, Beast Wars, we, we know from the first Hall of Fame vote that Beast Wars fans will vote adamantly. This is true, it's just, I feel like those fans would also be the same ones, going like, well, why is he in chaos? I'm boycotting this whole thing. Actually, there's no... I, there's I can no, also see it's like, I don't care, Primal. Yeah, there's, there's no data to go to actually back anything I'm saying, I'm just sort of putting it all together as I go. Um, obvious joke to make. I'm not going to make it. Uh, I'm uh, going to just keep pushing for wild card unknown evil. 
Um, just because I like the fact that they are just calling him unknown evil when it's really clear who he is. Uh, tickles me, makes me happy. <laughs> uh, round two of voting will start on February 1st. You might be hearing this podcast after that. Um, FYI, our last pod. Hey, Aaron, mm-hmm. uh, our, our previous episode, I actually still haven't edited it yet because uh, have you ever heard of Comcast? No, please tell me about this. They sound Comcastic. Seth got Comcasted super hard. And I have four separate chunks of audio oh, to uh, to put together. Um, it's not going to be actually that hard. It just means it's going to be more work than what I usually do on the podcast right now. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, he got he got Comcasted pretty hard. And I was like, I think Aaron's told me about these Comcast people before. This seems like a thing that we've done, a dance we have we have waltzed in past. Me and Comcast with Comcast trying to wreck the flow of my podcast recordings. Mm-hmm. Uh. Anyway, are you guys actually voting on any of these Power of the Prime votes? No. Yeah, I keep forgetting. Uh, well, the first vote's already over, so. Yeah, that's true. Like, vote again on February 1st, and I'm not saying you're a bad person if you don't vote Star Saber, but I'm just, I'm saying, just disappointed. I'm saying you're a good person if you vote Unknown Evil. Like what? What is a better 2017 vote to cast in a thing where you cast votes than Wild Card Unknown Evil? Um, the Wait. fact that picking Star Saber might actually mean they have to fix him in the fiction. M- maybe, but he well he's over in Jro Land, and Jro doesn't have to really be beholden to these things right now. It seems so. I I, I got a feeling that he if he's going to be fixed, it'll happen either way. Well, let's let's be fair. Everything is happening either way. It's just a matter of like, you could probably Photoshop in who's getting the Matrix in this. And we're going to find out who the final winner is on <clears throat> February 18th at Hasbro's Toy Fair presentation. So I think you're I think you're going to need to get your vote in by then, too. So you'll, I'll have two whole weeks to forget to vote. I pat myself on the back. Uh, anything else you guys want to drop about powers power of the primes? Or shall we move on? Like, I, what is this even for? Like, I, <laughs> I think that's that's something we never actually figured out. It's like, the, it's like we did good on the wind. On, we did good on Windblade and making a fan voted character, and then we, yeah, it's kind of had a say in the combiner, and now it's just like this is like super low stakes. Yeah, it's like, literally just who do we. I'm literally expecting that the winner just gets a Matrix of Leadership packed in with them. Or maybe their design will be designed to be a Matrix holder, and then some story will be made around that to, to tie yeah, in. Yeah, the, the toys are already done, I assure you. Maybe they're done, but they all have like a... Oh, they're, they're all all done of ex- them have an annex. They're all done, all except they're, yeah, there's a hole in all their chests. and it's like well, all right, That's would- the gimmick. <laughs> that's the new gimmick of the third part of the trilogy. Everyone has like a gimmick that you plug the Matrix in to activate, and then the Matrix will come with it's like a universal cyber key. It'll come, and you only get the Matrix with one of these four. Whoever wins, so just remember, <laughs> unknown evil, because then everyone has to buy Deathsaurus, and it's all going to be super cool. Um, all right, let's let's go into some listener questions. I got a pair of them for us here, and I think that each okay. This first one asks two questions. It's coming from Daniel Sonnenberg. He says, "Howdy ho, fellas." 
I have two questions for you. The first is about collecting goals and aesthetic taste. Something I realized about myself, especially in recent years, is that I prefer having different characters and different aesthetics that best match the mental images I have of them. For example, the TFC Seacons almost perfectly captured the vibe and character I got from watching Master Force and wishing the G1 toys were more poseable. Uh, he's talking about the third-party uh, combiner Seacons. Uh, while I think Feral Rex, the third-party combiner of Predaking by Mastermind, best captures what I want from Predaking, etc. Given that there is such a push towards everything being Masterpiece style in the third-party world these days, I'd like to know if you prefer unified or mixed aesthetics in your displays and when those tastes manifest. So uh, I guess, um, like, TJ, do you, do you need your displays to be kind of aesthetically categorized or do you mind having some mixture in between uh, from character to character? You're, you're talking to someone who actually organizes his shelves by what series they came out of. This is correct. <laughs> so what do you do with, for example, uh, that 07, if, if you, if you, if, the swerve that was hard to get? <laughs> um, that one is, I, that one, that was in the miscellaneous shelf. <laughs> oh, so you have, you have a junkyard that they live in. Yes. Ah, you don't. I have, I have, yeah, I have all my shelves, and then I have Junkion in the upper left. Welcome to the Junkion of Misfit Toys, you bunch of people who don't fit in. <laughs> like my Robot Masters Reverse Convoys up there. Oh man, my uh, my iPad Soundwaves up there. This is, this is some Toy Story stuff going on. This is like <laughs> the guy. This is like the third villain when you have. The kid who destroys toys, the obsessed collector. Then you have the one who takes all the ones who don't look right and puts them up in the misfit shelf. And they all look up there going, like, what's it like down there in the nice shelves? <laughs> all right, so you totally go for aesthetic separation. I, I kind of I do, because there's that, there is that six-year-old in the back of my mind that's views all these characters in a certain way and while i can push the envelope a little bit from that and like if you work in some cool aesthetics that kind of play to them then i can go with it but for the most part trying to get what was like in my head what was cool for that for that kid so like like, for for that version of me and working in third-party stuff, if you get, you know, say, a Feral Rex or a TFC Poseidon, so like a third-party combiner that isn't trying to be, you know, a masterpiece alike at the same time, so much as it is just representing the character, is that where you just kind of shunt it into Neo Classics? And it kind of is, and that's actually like that's actually fairly uh, fair, a fairly good point here, because like I, I, I broke my third-party band to get uh, Lord Lord Scorpion because mm-hmm. I been really after some kind of scorponok that was just you know small enough to just keep on the desk and play with but the one in my head is from the marvel comics and the only ones i've ever been able to get are based on the old toy Mm. which is a pretty drastic difference in appearances and lord scorpion does lean heavily in favor of the comic book look Mm -hmm. so that one actually hits me in a way that like they could make like they could make a leader class Scorponok in in Titans Return and like release it tomorrow. I don't think I'd be quite as into it just because it's going to be the G1 style. It's going to be the toy style. Mm. Whereas, you know, like in that in that's in you know, like in the case of Lord Scorpion, I was after this kind of modernization of the one that I connected with, you know, in you know, this the six year old in the back of my brain. And that was the one who was reading the comic books and saw the really cool Scorponok character. 
And I think that's where third party stuff is, is going to make this like it makes this conversation a lot more nuanced, because at the end of the day, uh, especially nowadays, like a Transformers toy line, the figures in it are going to look like the other figures around them because they're all done by one designer. And, you know, they're, they're aiming for something you know specific in most cases, whereas like a third third party combiner teams are probably the best example of, of outliers where it's like the combiner team members all look alike. And they all kind of look like the combined form. But after that, it's kind of muddy because it's like, all right, where do you want to put them? Because they're probably all Voyager size. So they're going to look big with classics. They're going to look aesthetically weird with Masterpiece. So how does your brain treat it? And like, that's where I can see stuff like, um, you know, like what Daniel Sonnenberg said with the TFC guys, where it's like, this is sort of my vision in my head of, of what these guys would look like. You know, and I'm assuming part of that is they're also all kind of big. Um First post in the Poseidon thread, I'll, I'll send it to you guys. There's a big just wall of images of all the team members. And you can see, like, they're certainly the C-cons, but there's there's a whole lot of liberties taken with with the whole mess of them um, as far as the individual robot modes. Because the G1 C-cons were just really weird, you know, Scramble City guys with a lot of fish parts bolted onto them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it's weird. Um, Aaron, like, what about you? Uh, do you, do you need, um, like unified aesthetics in a display or do you go more by like, I think this character looks like this. Um, granted, I, I am, uh, very far behind on making displays. Oh yeah. Um, right now everything is kind of various piles that are loosely assorted by when I talked about them on the podcast. Um, However, the stuff that is displayed generally is the same time frame, so the, the same aesthetic. Um, I do have, I guess I do have four or five shelves that are stuff that I think is neat. And that's about it. Be mm-hmm. it for, for transformation or look, or it's a oddball rarity thing that I've picked up that ends up on a shelf. Um, but I, I've not really beholden to themes it just has happened that way because i kind of like putting all of the similar aesthetic autobots and and decepticons together to be kind of opposing each other so you can kind of say this was the the line over i like this style yeah that makes sense i've got it's um... like these these are comparables these are comparables these are comparables I've, i've got i've got like certain times when i need the the unified aesthetic but that's when it is coming from a very specific source material mm-hmm. which is like you know prime universe uh animated universe uh war for cybertron universe like those things are where it's like because because often those figures will be very specifically intentionally and directly drawing from those aesthetic source materials and it's like yeah i'm gonna put all those together because they they were from day one, they were made to go together uh, mm-hmm. in one way or another. Or in the case of video game toys, third-party companies, okay, basically Planet X for the most part, made them to look like the video games. Uh, so, you know, they're they're probably all going to go together. And then video game deluxes from the official line will go with them uh, up until, you know, bigger, nicer versions come out like they did with the Optimus Prime and the Starscream. But otherwise especially because I'm in the same position of Aaron of like, I don't really have displays so much as just, this is where I put things. Uh, I totally am cool with, with uh, a mix of aesthetics. Just, it just, yeah, it depends on, you know, character to character. I like different takes on the same character. Um, I, I don't need the perfect version of a guy uh, 
for whom I will then nullify all the other versions of the same character that came out. Um, especially since now that I've got a couple different versions of a couple different characters, it means I can, if I ever do put together displays, I can have, like, this is the main masterpiece display, but then it's like, here's the more toyetic masterpiece display of all the figures that resemble the toys more than the cartoon. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, here's the cartoon-oriented one, etc., etc. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm way more up, up for mixing stuff. Also, because I, I, I feel like, to me, engineering and style comes before unified aesthetic. Um, nowadays, like, that's what I want, because I, f- I find purchases in general right now are more satisfying if I'm not buying towards a collection so much as towards an experience. And it also means that I'm not feeling tempted to buy more stuff where it would be like, oh, this would go perfect with this display. I should pick this up. And then all these other three figures would go perfect with these, this set. I should get them to finish that set off. Uh, Purchasing things to fill in slots. I find way like right now I find way, way less um, engaging than purchasing because the thing looks like it'll be a, a, cool singular experience uh with with the caveat of course if i'm purchasing like a third party combiner set a figure at a time then of course it's like well that's going towards the combiner but i think anyone could agree that like the combiner team is in and of itself like treatable as a single entity in this conversation um so yeah like i think it's a really cool question to ask especially since there are so many and we, we get variants on this question i think um since there are so many options out there right now and for the buyer, that's great. Um, for the producer, maybe not so much when so many of, the, like, you know, masterpiece alikes are all kind of aiming for the same slot in the collections of people who aim to fill slots, mm-hmm. which means that it's it's less about providing options and more about nullifying competition. And that's a bubble that'll burst. <laughs> so uh, stuff like the TFC, like the TFC Seacons this year are really on my radar because they're almost done. And I've been hearing great things about them. And I love their aesthetic. Uh, and, you know, Piranacon is one of those guys who sort of tends to get forgotten in the long run. Uh, I, for many decades, I constantly would forget that he actually was like a Scramble City target master hybrid. Because I would just forget most of anything about any of the team members that made him up uh, until that reissue came out. So, yeah, you know, it's it's, it's great for the buyer and, and hopefully hopefully burstable bubbles will shrink and, and other bubbles will grow instead in the future. Second question from Daniel Sonnenberg. Have you ever gotten a toy which disappointed you in a strange or personal way? For example, I recently got Titans Return Sawback with the intention of fan-moding Weird Wolf into Weird Lion. However, the one socket across all my Titans Return figures that Sawback's head uh, peg doesn't fit into is Weird Wolf's. Uh, I'll just Titans Return him to the store and get a new one, most likely. But in the meantime, I have to squint and wonder if someone is pranking me. Uh, I didn't actually notice the Titans return him to the store thing until I read it <laughs> seconds ago. Um, so this certainly has happened to me. Um, but uh, Aaron, have you ever had a toy that like disappointed you in just a very strange and maybe even one-off personal way? I'm trying to think of if there's been anything recently. Leader Ironhide? Has... Leader movie Ironhide? <laughs> that was a thing for a while. Yeah. Um Man, I don't know. If there weren't more people agreeing with you, I'd say Titans Return Rodimus might be a runner for this kind of thing. Yeah. Cuz there are some people who love that yeah, figure. Yeah, I guess I guess for the way that that is is posed, uh Titans Return Rodimus would be a, a big contender. 
Um, just because, man, it shouldn't be as fluh as he ended up. Mm-hmm. Uh, in in my esteemed opinion, like I don't think this question is really based on like I dislike something everyone right. else liked. Yeah, but... yeah. W- w- reading it that way, yeah, I think it definitely is. You know, I'm sure that there are much better ones out there, and I probably, you know, rolled critical fails on the three or four things on this toy that, you know, maybe had they not been bad on this instance, it'd be, I wouldn't have the same feeling of it. But, but I also think that's kind of a crux of just like a stranger person. Like if something, if you dislike something for a really strange or personal reason, mm-hmm. it's probably a figure that other people liked. Cause otherwise I imagine you would have disliked it for most of the same reasons. Other people would dislike something yeah. that is generally disliked. Um, well, uh, TJ, have you got one where you don't have a common reason for disliking a figure? God, I'm trying to think. Because it's really easy to say, well, like, this is my favorite character and it wasn't done the way I really wanted it to be done. You know, like, because I know people who like, like, Universe 2 Ironhide, but that toy has always just really disappointed me at the same time. And I know people who find it the same way. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's fine if it's something that other people agree with. Just if it's if it's a reason outside of... The articulation was bad or, you know, the sculpting wasn't good. Like just a very I think the idea is it's a very specific thing. Yeah, like that's the hard part. It's so uh, easy. It's like it's so much more prominent to know the big ones that everyone agrees on. It's the ones that hit you like at that one little personal note. I I totally got one I can go into. Which is, uh, I'll send you guys a link to some pictures. Iron Factory Evil Lord, which is like a legend scale overlord. <clears throat> and this this is a figure, like the reasons why I dislike it are to me rather personal and specific, even though they are common reasons when people don't like this figure. This is a somewhat beloved figure among a lot of a lot of folks. I think it's the worst thing Iron Factory's released in their big, you know, push for making actual figures. And a lot of it comes down to this really specific thing. And it's not just the ramps. It's the fact that this figure, um, for an overlord, feels like he parts forms too much. He has all these. He has a number of things, the ramps included, but also these white turbine bits. Yeah, the white turbine bits. Yeah, that you have to pull off and put back on when you transform him into any of his three modes. However, he also has parts that simply don't fit on to certain modes and certain configurations. There is no way to have all his accessories attached to him. Uh, in his vehicle modes, that doesn't look horrible. Uh, there, He looks okay if you stick everything to him in robot mode. And then this is all in service of this base mode where those ramps don't peg in to anything. Yeah, they just sit there. And uh, I, I, yeah, I, that's I, you, you, you've brought up a good point. I'm sitting there looking at mine saying, yeah, there's a reason why he stays in robot mode. Yeah, I, I think this toy is a a bunch of really good ideas that were all executed horrifically. And uh, I like. And d- does your back ramp stay on well? No, uh, I just recently actually because I'm, I'm tossing this box. Uh, I added some super glue. I, I got a brush, crazy glue. You craggled it. So yeah, I brushed some craggle onto that tab, and now it sits in there real well. Um, not super well because if I tap it too much, because it's sitting in a, a slot made out of two hinged pieces that can open up, it'll eventually. You know, it, it's not too hard to to pull it apart. But it's not just that. There's also all these other little parts for me things. The base mode not even tabbing together is the worst part. Because basically, the crux of this is parts forming for no payoff is, is the crux of this. Mm-hmm. If you want to stick his uh, his 
nose cone onto his arm as a shield. You have to parts form a fin off his forearm, and then the only place to stick it is onto his leg where it looks terrible. Then he has a fin on one arm and one fin on his other leg. So then you put his two fins on his legs. Now his legs are ballooning out too much, and he has jet parts on the tanks. And it's like, yes, Overlord parts forms, but like this is this toy goes to like perfect effect levels of just assuming, well, since the tank splits in half and plugs on the jet, surely you're okay with most of the toy just shredding to pieces to do anything. Um, and, uh, and I say all this, uh, I'll just lay it out there. I don't, I don't think this toy is like horrifying. There are enough people who enjoy it that, you know, obviously my, my take on it is, is a somewhat specific one, but in the oeuvre of iron factory, this is by far the least impressive thing they have ever made. I think that the Grimlock add-on parts are more impressive uh, engineering-wise, because at least they're doing things to integrate, whereas, like, this figure is actively not integrating with himself cleanly, ever. Uh, and, and it's that one aspect that spreads across the figure that really puts me off him, and I feel like that's an answer to this question, because it's, like, it's, it's a number of factors, but they all boil down to one very specific notion, and it's a very, it's not just parts forming, it's a very specific kind of parts forming. Uh, with a very specific lack of a payoff. Because also, guess what? If you if you just toss all the ramps aside, then the fronts of his legs are gone. Because the fronts of his legs rely on having those ramps stuck stuck onto the, the tank parts. It's just this perfect combination. It's a perfect equation of, of inter-threaded aspects that all irritate me. Uh, and so I, I feel that answers the question all right. I don't know. TJ, does that give you any inspiration? <laughs> uh not especially and it occurs to me that if i have a toy that is like that i have probably binned it away somewhere <laughs> so it's been out of my life it's for so long at this point i probably do not recall it like i, I would have to stick with the ironhide as my answer just because i had always i really liked g1 ironhide as a kid and i was thinking to myself why is that such a hard why would that be such a hard toy to make it's a boxy robot in a boxy vehicle yeah like the boxiest of boxy well i mean as someone who likes that ironhide toy it's pretty amazing how every obvious choice that could have happened wasn't made in his design there's part of me offended just because they didn't bother with a yellow stripe like well, i mean henke like, did the yellow stripe i know but so like it's, it's out that, there somewhere it's one stroke of well well it's many strokes of paint because there's well, so many panels be, on that because vehicle. of the weird diagonal cross-cut way that he transforms that's the part <laughs> that's the thing it's like why did it have to be this complicated I mean, it's, it's a it's a transformer and i feel like i'm playing with a rubik's cube that's the thing about that toy is that he just he for whatever reason instead of just taking a box and turning it into a robot made of boxes it's like no what if we diagonally cross cut everything and have part of his arm like a triangle through his leg in van mode uh the way that all those choices line up ends up kind of working for me but like i would never tell someone oh he's a perfect iron hide because it's like no he's not he's a really weird messy figure He's like, and then somehow he ends up being a robot that looks more rounded than boxy. Yeah. Like the, the amount of roundness to that toy, given what's happening to it. I mean, he looks round and pudgy and he's blue faced, always looking down and he has like no ankles. Like he has an, he has ankles, but they're so far to the side. It looks like his feet are just there. And so I think in a way this this is a viable answer, because like you're saying a bunch of things that, that, that are the reasons why you don't like the figure. And 
from, you know, my very vague and very quick attempt at memory, those are things that you've been able to deal with individually in other figures. Yeah. It's it's the com the very specific combination of them on that Ironhide that is, like, just nullifying all the good out for you. Yeah, because I, I can rationalize an overcomplicated transformation when it results in a good robot. I can rationalize, you know, a... You know, little quirks like, you know, the floating ankle joint if, you know, it doesn't hurt anything. But if you start layering these things up and it's all on a toy that I I was so looking forward. I was so happy when Ironhide was finally getting a retail level toy again. And it came out like that. And I think because um, that, that sounds similar to my problems with that Iron Factory Overlord. It's like I think maybe a crux that that is similar to, to both our answers is when... It's not so much negative things. It's negative things where the payoffs that they usually result in are also not there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, like if you're not getting a payoff for the parts forming, like I don't mind parts forming if it results in stuff like um, there's a core perfect transforming robot in there still. Yeah. Or that the parts forming results in aesthetic magic that wouldn't otherwise be possible. Or, you know, if it's ramps, like, the ramps attach to things. Like. It's an alchemy thing, you know, where it's like you get as much as you put in, like you like you gain equal to the sacrifice you make. Yeah. I don't know where I gained anything from that Ironhide. You gained an appreciation for Masterpiece Ironhide some half decade later. Oh, my God. Maybe that's why it was my toy of the year. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, finally, they just made the box turn into a boxy robot. <laughs> why was this so hard? Why did this take 30 years? There were even there was a third party masterpiece style Ironhide many years before the the real one. And I remember that one and the Ratchet and the First Aid and the, whatever the other one was they made out of that. Like that base design was one of the most hyper complicated toys ever with like tons <laughs> of crisscrossing threading rods and stuff and it's like he's just a box turning into a box man. <laughs> <laughs> and like then TFC did an Ironhide um in their very forgotten masterpiece style line that nobody liked uh where i think they did a, they did a hound as well and that was like the first you know because no one liked that toy i think it got forgotten but if i recall correctly that toy actually had a fairly straightforward like it was just a box van that turned into a box man and it was like <laughs> finally after all these years we could just sit down and have a box van turn into a box man uh anyway i hope that answered your questions daniel sonnenberg uh we've got one more question here from franco falcone who says so Hi, Vangelettes. When Heroes of Cybertron slash the SCF line was canceled, uh, that was a figurine line for those who don't remember, there were a lot of the G1 characters, among others, that never got a figure in it, like Hound, Mirage, Cliffjumper, etc. Did you enjoy that line? Which figures would you like to see be made in that PVC mini statue format? With the cost of 3D printers going down every month, uh, why hasn't any third party followed that line? Or are there any that have? Do you think there's a market for it? The only thing I want to throw in here is a bit of a correction. I don't think the cost of 3D printers is going down every month. I think if you were going to say every year, I'd agree with you. But as I understand it, it certainly isn't like they're trickling straight towards consumer friendliness already. Uh, Aaron, we had this discussion a year or two ago. Yeah, I know that uh, the costs of 3D printers are going down um, or the quality is getting better and some combination in between there. Yeah, but I, I think like month to month. I, yeah, it's, it's not, not like oh, I'm going to hold out another month, so it'll drop another twenty bucks. It's like um, it's like hold out five more years. Maybe. And the and thing is, I think a lot of it, it's kind of it may be a little bit more uh, tick tocky of 
like if you're looking across all the kind of hobby grade 3d printers because i still don't think that there is a really truly consumer grade 3d printer there are a lot of Mm -hmm. them that are getting close or if they're the like hundred dollar thing you're making something that's making dice you're, yeah, you're maybe making dice or like, something about that size. Like the printers that I see, for example, and it's the one I would go to because I like his work, but, I, you know, Mechazone, David White uh, mm-hmm. uses these Affinia printers. And my understanding is they certainly are not, they are not inexpensive to right. the point where I would say they're not really consumer. Right. They're, uh, I guess, prosumer is the next tier up. And I think maybe prosumer, if that's what, I, if I'm using pro-sumer the word Prosumer right. is about the level that a lot of them are starting to really get into. Yeah, that that I'd say are reliable because I know I I work at uh you know in in aerospace and turns out when you give geeks a bunch of money as aerospace engineers they buy stupid stuff mm-hmm. and there are, are oh, so a few know, of them <laughs> yeah so there are uh, a few people at my work that do have three D printers mm-hmm. and some of them have paid a lot of money and will get decent prints out of it. they'll print like D and D miniatures type stuff and if everything's calibrated well and they have a good model to start with and they tell it hey take all the time you need it can come out with some stuff that with some work can be a decent little you know one inch base style miniature yeah um and, you know, I've seen some of them and he's like, OK, here's it comes in and it's got like all the scaffolding on it. And you you like trim this stuff off real careful and then you get super fine grit sandpaper and then you you rub all the burrs out of it. And then you give it an acetone bath to take all the lines off of it. And then you hit it with the sandpaper again and then you do a lot of these steps and then you can have a little miniature that looks really good. Yeah. And then the Mechazone stuff, like I've talked about it before, like it's like his most recent like six inch figure is incredible mm-hmm. but um the stuff you're describing makes that stuff more handmade than it is mass right. produced right and um, so that's why i think like you're not gonna see just because 3d printers are getting better i don't think it's 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 very feasible for them to be ah, a third party could like you know print off a whole bunch of statuettes it's like right they'd need to put in it's, hand work on each yeah, one or they're not gonna it's look very good still gonna be cheaper for them to maybe use 3d printing to come up with their many you know there are many statues he says here mm-hmm. to come up with their idea and their pose because you can model it and you can figure it out and then you could come up with a thing that's a whole lot easier to mold because okay it's ultra magnus holding his rifle up well it turns out that if you look at that side hey there's something that's a good mold line you could make a easy mold of that boom have a one-piece statue or you do it without the arms and then you can pose his arms and you can like work your steps down and then it, it is still going to be cheaper for them if they're going to make more than 10 of them and yo to, guess, to do it in pvc guess what a lot of not just in third party but like uh, there are a lot, it's a lot of 3d printing for prototyping already happening mm-hmm. uh, and that's that's where like the the two places that 3d printing is worth it as a manufacturing tool yeah. One is rapid prototyping. Like super rapid compared you know, to Yeah, compared to other stuff or, you know, modeling. Because you can model it and then you can print out something that looks very much like it, handle it, determine, 
and repeat that cycle much quicker. The only place in manufacturing so far that I have seen 3D printing as a thing that is um, cost positive is um, it's actually SpaceX. It's what they're using for a lot of their nozzle and some of their, I think their um, supercharger or turbocharger um, pumps, turbo pump components, because then you can build pieces inside of pieces. Mm Mm-hmm. And so then, like for, um, going to talk a little bit of rocket science here, the way that you keep the nozzles on engines, on rocket engines, from, you know, destroying themselves due to heat is you send a cold liquid through it, which happens to be the, you know, liquid that you want to get heated up in order to burn. So inside of those nozzles, you have basically tubing that runs some part of your fuel through it as regenerative cooling to heat that up from its super cold state or from its cold state to get it warmer so it burns better and you dump off the heat that you know that you're making the giant flame that comes out the butt of this thing and so the way that it used to be made is you have your interior surface and then you have a bunch of metal tubing and then you have your exterior surface and then you rivet all this stuff together well, with 3D printing, you can build those tubes inside of the nozzle. So you have fewer components. You don't have a whole bunch of stuff riveted together or glued together or bonded together or welded together, whatever. And so then it's fewer parts and it's lighter and it ends up, you know, in, in rocketry, you know, you want to reduce weight as much as you can. So in cases where there's no other way to build a thing like this, it works for the all the plastic toys that I have on my desk. Injection molding every day of the week is going to be cheaper. And I didn't want to uh, completely go in a different direction from the actual meat of the question, but it's just, it is we haven't checked it on three D printing in a while. As you know, a couple guys who don't really do three D printing, mm-hmm. but I, I I like talking about it still. Yeah, and uh, I I think that what there could potentially be a market for as three D printers in homes become more common would be for someone, be it either as an artist or like a, a, a artist for a flat fee or like a Patreon style thing of like, hey, I'm going to make chibi versions of G1 characters. And if you have one of these printers come up with some DRME way to make it so that I can sell you uh, Optimus Prime chibi thing that you feed into your your maker bot and it spits out something i want to say i don't know how the drm side works i know for a fact there are um sites to purchase the digital files to then print things right that artists put up and i think that this is the big step that might it's not necessarily the only road but this is a big bridge that may be crossed by a lot of the uh, really talented toy enthusiast Shapeways artists out mm-hmm. there. And I think Shapeways might be terrified of that to some yeah. degree. Well, basically because, I mean, Shapeways has a bunch of 3D printers and they can do this because they keep those things running all the time. Yeah. You know, that's that's why sometimes a, a batch from Shapeways will come quickly because, oh, no, we already had the machine that we need to be making this thing loaded with that material we can fart it out at the end of this production run kind of sort of, but there's, there's also a whole part about shapeways, which is their printers work differently from layer printing. 
Right. Which, uh, if I recall correctly, again, this is all third hand because I don't, I'm not talented enough to do any of it. Uh, it means that when you design a 3D model to then exist as a toy, you kind of have to do it differently for shapeways than you would for a, you know, for example, mm -hmm. an Affinia printer or a, a mm -hmm. home layer printer. Um, this is where also anyone out there who does the, the 3D printed thing in the in, in the toy world, I know you're out there. I don't know if you listen, but if you do listen, chime in in the thread. Let us know just the state of the world right now. Uh, I know I talked to I talked to Vangsta and the guy from, uh, I want to say, AFI, who did uh, he's done more than this. But immediately recalling, he did the shoulder clips for the Mastermind Creations uh, or Ocular Max Sphinx to give like an extra bit of jointing to the shoulder launcher. And I had a conversation with the two of them at TFCon all about just I think my, the biggest part of it was asking, like, what happens when you guys have a bad print? And that the, one of the biggest problems with 3D printing at the time, at least probably still right now, if you have a bad print, that's a bunch of plastic going a landfill. Yep, and that's all you can do with it. Um, um there is one. Um, crap, I'm trying to remember which. There's one of the printers that instead of using, um, the uh, spooled material can use pelletized material. So it it feeds in little pellets more towards the way that like uh, injection molding is. Yeah, and it it's a hopper style. So. If you had something that was all one color and the print went bad, you could potentially run it through like a a, a coffee grinder to oh, get yeah. it back into a pelletized state. And then I think probably get and, a new coffee and grinder. You'd be able to go from there. Yeah, yeah. It's not like you're I'm going to, you know, do coffee and <laughs> get in, some in diamond this one blades and, in your coffee grinder. Yeah. Um, <laughs> where you would you would theoretically be able to repelletize it. However, again, it's probably one of those things that comes down to when you're buying it, it's pelletized, it's universal size. If you repelletize it yourself, you may or may not get the same sizes that you need. And oops, a little bit of red got in that batch. So now you have these weird farts of red in what was otherwise <laughs> your blue. Um, okay, now this one's trash and really trash. Yeah. But uh, aside from 3D printing, let's swing back over and talking about um, Heroes of Cybertron and the SCF mini statue line. Uh, TJ, I'm going to swing over to your direction because uh, mm. th there was a period where that line was a way to get a Star Saber and a Victory Leo. <laughs> oh, no, that was, those were the Mega SCFs. Yeah, I've got the Mega SCF of Star Saber. Yeah, those, those kind of aren't what the question was about. No. They didn't do a PVC. Did they do a PVC statue for Star Saber? Nope. Uh, no, it was Fort Max they did. Yeah, he was the Build-A-Figure. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. I was thinking, like, the gimmick thing that happened in SCF, and I misremembered it as the, the Victory Saber. Yeah, because they'd end up taking one of them apart and going, well, just pack a little bit of in each one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, were you, were you into that line at all? Um, A little bit for a while. Mm. And I think that's because, for the same reason, like, I have this, like, mindset of which toys I'm after. Because it was the first time you could actually get figurines of how they looked in the cartoon like yeah. spot on to how they looked in the cartoon you know this is light years before we found out we could make toys that look like they do in the cartoon so it was a way to get characters it's a way to get a megatron who looked like a megatron yeah. especially in the era of we can't make a gun anymore and this leads mm -hmm. me to my other question is do you think that in 2017 and onwards there is really a place for it for you um well uh, how many waves of Tiny Titans have come out now? I forgot about those. 
Because last I checked, they're still going. Are yeah, they? Wave three or four? God, I wanted to say it's up to five. Is all it up to five? I think I've only seen three and four. So all I remember is Repugnus yeah, came right. out, and I don't remember anything past Repugnus coming out. Yeah, okay, now I'm curious. Now, now I gotta search it up. Well, see, once they did six. Repug- what? Wow. When? Okay. when did series six come out? Um, I don't know. Let me look up a date. Like, was that recently? Um. Okay. Okay. Uh, 2016. <clears throat> now there's no month. Yeah, there's no month attached to it from ah. what I can see. Like, uh, like it doesn't help that they all seem to just be in the same bag with a number changed on the front. That's yeah. part of the problem. Because if, if if they aren't sitting there in the shipping box, like, good luck knowing who's in the set, if I remember right. Maybe I'm wrong. But I, I, I remember that at a glance, I often mistake those things for all being from the same series. Well, e- well, either way, still going, still little tiny PVC figurines of these uh, of Transformer characters. Yeah, like so. Obviously, there's some little market. I think there's market for that always because it's a cheap way of keeping names alive and making sure your trademarks stay active. For sure, like, I, I guess um, it probably doesn't hurt at all. In, in in line with the question, do you think there's any place for um, a return to the style of SCF to like add in more cast members? See, I always hate lines like that to get cut off so abruptly before you have, like, what you could call a complete set. As common Rider Collector, I know how that feels when you go into, like, a mini figurine line, you know, like like we did with the... Uh, motion Revive. Uh, motion, dang, that's exactly the one I was thinking of. That's because that, that was a bug on my shoulder for a very yeah. long time. And it just stops. And it's just like, wait, wait. But there's still characters you haven't done. It's like, what about all these others from Kiva? No, no, just okay. I mean, that's uh, a special case because they made a Garan with a broken helmet and never made a Garan with a normal helmet. Yeah, that that, that was that was the like no, that's you actually you actually slapped me in the face. <laughs> you you actually did the thing that we always say is a joke, but that that actually happened this time. <laughs> Okay, so that one, yeah, that's a little bit more of a... That's an offense. Yeah. That's a legitimate offense with that line. I think... I think just in general, there is always going to be some kind of market for something that... You don't have to transform it. You don't have to maintain it in any way. It just sits there, and it looks the way you want it to look. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how... That's, that's one of the appeals to things like Amiibo. Yeah. It's like... I don't care about what they do when I scan them into a game. It's just a really cool-looking Link. Or, um, or it's, like, the only, like, good-looking Samus Aran I can get. I saw mm-hmm. I saw a post on the Repper Labels Facebook group where one of the, the main guys uh, was like, hey, I made these uh, this cool little thing. It's just a little... It's, like, little figurines, like, micro... Almost... Not micro-machine scale, but very small, of Springer's two vehicle modes and his robot mode. And then people are like, do they transform? He's like, no, I don't want them to. I want them to just be the three modes. That's my personal preference. And it's like, that exists out there. And oh, like, yeah. It's, kind of, it's kind, of, kind of a cool idea. See, I found this out myself because I have my I have uh, my Rebel Tech Monster Hunter figures. So I have, like, these super articulated dragons. And on one hand, that's cool. But on the other hand, I hate Rebel Tech. So it's a love-hate relationship with those. And they they made another one that I haven't gotten mm. despite it going on sale like every winter for like four years straight. But I find that 
I have a couple of them that are just the standard figurines, you know, like the like the blind box stuff out of Japan. Mm-hmm. And you know, no articulation. It's just it just stays there. But I find I am just as happy having that as I am, if not happier, than having the articulated one. Because not not only on like on a cost and space thing, but also because this is doing everything I really need it to do, and it's not doing anything egregiously offensive. Whereas I kind of have to take the negatives with the articulated ones. Well, especially if it's articulated with an engineering style that you're just not into. So it's like I have to I have to do a bunch of busy work to to switch poses. It's a very first world problem. But, you know, as a collector, it's like I would rather just have a figure in the pose I want rather than like, okay, I got to align the ratchets on this Rebel Tech figure. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, um, Aaron um just you know, talking about the scf line were you ever into it um and would you say you'd still be into it i was for a bit that was another one of those where it, i was doing like crazy drives to get to stores that were getting it in before other stores were because it's a thing out there that i need to get um and I think that's one that I dropped off of pretty early because um, that was a line that had really quick turnaround. You know, if you didn't get, you know, wave four and the first month that it was out, it was wave five after that. And then wave yeah. six after that. And then it's <clears throat> you're having to go and, you know, run back to you know my maybe you'll find it on uh you know at a uh, words you'll find it at a yeah you'll find it at a store (laughs) you'll find it at a at a booth at a show or something yeah and they'll have friggin 10 cases of it and you're like where did this come from well that's what we got and after we sold it to who we were looking for that was it it's like okay and it just became a very frustrating line to try and deal with. Yeah, um, that that line. I want to say that line came out around the same era as the world's smallest line, mm-hmm. which are more blind boxes. Uh, that was the first time I showed legit restraint. I never bought a single SCF PVC blind boxed. Uh, in fact, I never bought them until Heroes of Cybertron went on deep clearance at my local London Drugs many, many, many years ago. Then I bought it all because they were like $3 a figure, I think, or whatever, you know, the discount Mm -hmm. price would have been in Canadian dollars. And I ended up getting most of the series and I never opened them because I was like, they're PVCs. I don't have to open them. I can see everything they do inside the package. And that was really my story with them. Um, I don't I don't think that they should never exist or ever come back, but I have extremely low attachment to SCF because everything it did. I found articulated and transforming figures that did it all and better many -hmm. years later. So, like, at the time, I was barely interested. And nowadays, I have, like, very, very little interest. Unless, like, stylistically, it does something crazy. Or, like, someone somehow does that thing while using the Glyos system to make them, like, Glyos peg interconnected PVC transformers robot modes. Then I'd be super interested because I could add to them and I guess integrate 
more posability, more engineering, etc., by adding in other types of stuff from other Glyos lines. But like, mm-hmm. as just like here's a PVC statue of a transformer. It's like I I don't need it. Uh, I wouldn't be mad if I ended up with one, but I would not be seeking them out myself. Um, even back then, it just really didn't click with me. So, uh, yeah, hope that that answered your question, including the one you didn't mean to ask about 3D printing. Uh, Franco Falcone. Uh, let's go into some what we got this week to close up. I think it's a pretty light week in general, but um, I'll just uh, start off. TJ, do you have anything on topic? And let's do, let's do the item by item thing again. So tell me, tell me if you have an on topic thing or not. Uh, nothing absolutely new, but stuff that I've not talked on the podcast before and save for a rainy day. Let's throw one of those at. Mm-hmm. Uh, I picked up the, uh, Toys R Us exclusives from R.I.D., Starscream and Paralon. Oh, yeah! Oh, okay. I, I forgot about them. <laughs> <laughs> I was really into them that TFCon when they showed up, and I got I got the two of them, and then they got kind of got lost in the shuffle after that TFCon. Um, did you ever? I forgot now. Did you pick up Scorponok, or is Paralon your first? Time uh, Par- no, Paralon's the only version I have. Oh uh, yeah, same here. Um, and kind of the only one I want still until I find Adventure yeah. Scorponok. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like if I'm gonna get Scorponok in brown, I want him painted as best as he can be painted. <laughs> but uh, how do you, how do you feel about the Paralon toy? He's got like a pretty cool trick. Uh, he's got he's got a few tricks I like to him, but there's like, like there's there's one that well well pretty yeah, unique one. to him. Oh, oh well yeah, like in ge- in general I really like the toy. I like it a lot more than I thought I would. Mm, me too. Yeah, like that. He actually ended up really vying against Starscream when I was looking at the two of them because I was like I thought Starscream would just be the clear cut winner, and freaking Paralon's just chilling out going like yeah well I'm good at everything I do and I'm like you're yeah. right you're right <laughs> Paralon. <laughs> No, there's little elements I like. I like that he can use his sword as part of the scorpion tail. That's nice. Yeah. I like that he has like a more natural scorpion tail that mm. you can swap mm-hmm. that you can switch to if you really want to. You know, and yeah, like the trick with his claws. Yeah. Like Okay, okay like that takes me back a little bit cuz I haven't seen transformer engineering like that in a long time where you take a piece and slide it through. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Like the last time I think I saw that was I want to say Night Viper. Yeah, um, I think one because because I I think it's different, but I could see people saying that any kind of integrated rail system is similar. You know, like on uh, on Armada Overload. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but this is com- this comes completely loose. Yeah, I, I I totally agree. Yeah, like I think I think it's a really and especially in Rid Warrior price point of all places, like that's a really unique thing to do. Yeah, and for like a scorpion transformer, it does the thing of taking care of the claws without making them hands or feet in any way. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, and they make for good shoulder pads. Uh huh. Like it, it looks nice. Yeah, yeah. He comes across looking really unique for something that really has no business looking unique. Like it's a really well done job. And and then it's also kind of cute that his character in the one episode of the show I remember him being in is like. Just a great trash character. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to be the best friggin' scavenger ever. I have this mythical minicon sword. And he holds it up, slips out of his hand, drops it on the floor. He kind of stands there for a second, quickly picks it back up and resumes his speech. And I'm like, all right, all right, Paralon, you got you got something going on. 
he like never showed up again as, as far as i can recall except in the background but like just for that moment i was like you know if this is all i'm getting i'm okay with that like this guy <laughs> seems pretty cool <laughs> i'm way behind on my rid i need to catch up yeah he's, he's got just one scene with a minicon sword and it's it's only a few seconds but it was enough to make me feel even better about having the figure because <laughs> just for him like the fact he was even in the show i was like oh holy crap it's parallel I thought I was gonna have to make up an entire story for this guy in my head. Um, but how, how do you feel about the Star Scream? Um, the Star Scream, honestly, I'm not as into. He's got a lot of factors that you got to be able to look past to be into the stuff he does right. Uh, I'm really curious what the Adventures version feels like. Mm-hmm. But what? Um, what? What's? What's uh, off for him? Uh, for me, for me, it's the shoulder guards. Hmm. Because that's an element I've never really seen on Starscream unless he has his coronation armor. And there's part of me that's like, hey, he's like the highest ranking Decepticon now. Like, shouldn't this be like his coronation armor? Like, shouldn't this be the Starscream that just has it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, it's just, and it's not just the, it's not just the look of it throwing me off because it's not the typical Starscream look. Like, you can defy the typical appearances, but that's a big like for me especially that's like a big like sidestep it's the fact that it's in the vehicle mode it's just big blocks under his wings that do nothing yeah visually his vehicle mode has a lot of stuff that's very easy to be taken out of the experience by like those those things the i think the arms also um for me i was able to get by them because i I liked so much the way he transformed the transformation is not bad yeah, like, I do like I do like what he does there, but like it's really I think it's like a case of what your priorities are, and it's like for me if a Rid Warrior toy has a good transformation, I feel so good already because like it's such a limited price point. But then it's yeah. like the limitations of that price point will result in stuff like and here are the shoulder guards, they're pointing forward like the wings. All right, we're out of money. Yeah, because on a typical transformer, you'd expect those to fold down against the body, mm-hmm. and like that—that was—that would also uh, hide some of the arms as well. It's just the weirdness of that warrior price point. Yeah, it's, it's like again, imagine if that toy was ten dollars or twelve dollars, as opposed to the like fifteen to eighteen I tend to see them cost. Yeah, and that's it's not excusing anything. I'm just saying like that's exacerbating any problem you're going to see on those on those guys. Yeah, it's just in general, a lot of R.I.D. figures come across as like, well, it does it well enough. Yeah. Well, it gets by. It's one reason why I think Parallon is is nicer just by in comparison, because there is an extra mile to his transformation. Yeah. And then like maybe, you know, by virtue of just the visual design of his two modes, there don't seem to be as many compromises for the price point, because it's like. No, he just is a very he very efficiently uses a small amount of budget to do exactly what he needs to do. Yeah, I, I'm I'm happy someone else likes Parallon. <laughs> I like that he has the Beast Wars Scorponok head for no reason. Yeah, it's pretty funny in the in the episode where he's he, he doesn't have the voice at all. He's just a dude. And I'm like, man, let me tell you about your your cousin you don't know about. He's an idiot. <laughs> He died because he was stupid. Uh, cool. Uh, well, let's, let's bop over to Aaron for a sec. Aaron, did you get anything on topic this week? Nope. Did you get anything off topic this week? 
I got one thing really to talk about this week. Want to want to toss it out there? <laughs> sure. Uh, Lego Nexo Knights Battlesuit Aaron because. Hey, wait a second. It's Aaron. This there's by this is not objective. Yeah. You're not giving an no, objective I report. I know. Um, it actually shows a pretty cool system. So the way that the battle suits work is they have these like two pieces that clamshell together that surround a seated minifig. So I've already seen a bunch of people that bought the battlesuit Macy, who her color is red and have turned it into like an alternate Hulkbuster style armor. Oh, they just put Iron Man in there. Yeah. Put uh, Iron Man in there. Change like changed it up because it comes with the parts to make a thing with arms and legs so you can strip all the other stuff off of it and then do other builds around it. I'm lo- I'm looking at pictures. I'm guessing that the big new piece on this is that cockpit chest. Yeah, the cockpit chest and back. That's that's the two pieces that connect and go together. I guess the the cockpit torso. Yeah. For the most part. Yeah. Um so it was it was a neat little maybe 10 minute build. Mm-hmm. Um and then it has like the giant shield thing so that you can have more nexo powers for whatever their app game is that uses those. But uh, uh, it was, a, it was a neat little build, neat little fun, posable thing to do. But I really want to get a deal on that Nexo Knight King armor, whatever it is like that. You know, I think it's like basically a big robot that the King Arthur guy is in. Yeah. Cause I, I've, V3, Mr. Vince Sanchez got one on like liquidation for like 10 or 12 bucks. And he took a photo of it that looked Gundam as hell. And then yeah. I was like, well now I want it. Yeah, there there are a few of these things that are pretty interesting. Um, I'm just my Lego purchases are being held off for double points at uh, the Lego store because I have a couple of big ticket items that I'd like to get. Oh, this guy. Um, yeah, and it's like, well, I'm looking at spending, you know, three to five hundred dollars at the Lego store, depending on overtime hours and how much it snows for 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 Alfie to have spending money, you know, and be a little bit, you know, spend, don't spend money when we don't have it, you know, and Hey, if I can hold off, get double points, uh, in order to, you know, get a whole lot of points and, uh, and, and other things to then purchase, um, then maybe, you know, that's the way to do it. But I also really want that new modular a bunch Gotta, you got to figure out your balance. I know. I believe in you. You can do it. Whatever you do, find me find me a deal on that King's Mech as well. I'll try. Um, I got I got an on topic thing. I uh, just today, like I can talk about. I'll throw you guys a link. It's re- relevant to things we've talked about before. Um, it's a new Iron Factory piece. It's their six shot called Shadow Tengu. Uh. I was I had some hopes and dreams about this one because I feel like, you know, Iron Factory goes up and down for me for what I very specifically want from them, which leads me to have like really weird critiques on their pieces. Um, And this six shot is on is on more on the end of what I want. He's missing one thing, which is strange for Iron Factory, because it's a thing that tends to be there, which is locking tabs. He actually has it's the same problem I have with the new official six shot where I wish his arms actually tabbed onto the body more often in a lot of his modes. But uh, he's a he's hand feel wise. He's a really nice Iron Factory piece. He's up there with some of their better stuff. Um, their drifts, who I do like, 
had extremely tight joints on very small sharp parts and they were they are difficult toys to mess with until you loosen those joints up a bit uh six shot was was a lot better out of the box um he's got uh, a really good just standing silhouette uh, a nice bit of s curve to him that's possible uh he comes with like his two white guns he comes with two double barreled cannons that are the ones that would usually be inside of his legs and i tried but you can't store these ones inside his legs in robot mode which is maybe a small critique is that they are parts forming that is going a, a little bit too close to the evil lord level of parts forming. Uh, he also comes with a pair of drift uh, style matrix saber things because that's a third party thing now that Mastermind started, which is give six shot katanas. Um, I don't really feel like I need to use them with him though because he's, he's he doesn't have wrist joints, so he's not able to do a lot of really cool katana poses. So uh, I, I'm, I'm happy enough with him just having guns. His transformations are pretty cool. Here's the thing about this toy. His instructions are a, a new kind of really badly made instruction book. A, a new kind of bad instructions? So his instructions, they're not maybe a new kind, but a new mutation where they very clearly show you a specific piece of engineering, which is his shoulders are attached to these little T-bars that, that if you rotate the T-bars, that very slightly realigns the center axis of his shoulder joints. And then, like, each of the three major points he can rotate them to is for two different modes. So, you know, his shoulders might be higher for two modes, closer to his body for two modes, and then below his shoulder line for two other modes. So that's shown with very clear, bold, like, pictures in the instructions, only it's not shown what that's accomplishing. It's just showing this cutaway shot where you kind of have to stare at it for a second to realize the arm has just been deleted from the PDF to make it clear what the T thing is doing. So his instructions show that. But then with very small pictures, they'll show you a couple steps and then they kind of skip ahead five steps to show you the finished mode and then show you one last thing to flip. And it's kind of like, hold on a second now. You, you kind of glazed over the part where things tab together because now you're telling me I have a gun mode when following your instructions, I have six shot with parts of his hands and feet folded away. And I don't exactly see how you got to this part. So the instructions like skip ahead at the end of almost every mode transformation. Ah, you're close enough. You can figure it out from there. Yeah, basically. They're like, and uh, yeah, it's like this. And uh, also, the you know how Six Shot, it's already a thing where he's got those rotating pieces on his shoulders that are kind of hard to keep track of from mode to mode? In the instructions, sometimes they just are suddenly rotated 90 to 180 degrees from step to step. And you're kind of like, I, I guess I'll just wait till the end to see where these are supposed to go. Uh, they are bad instructions go watch a video uh, i turned on the chosen prime video once i got to a point where there was a step where i because the instructions were so badly made i didn't know if the step that i thought they were telling me was real uh which is where you can slide his waist forward at the waist joint a little bit to have his pelvis come out for robot mode or like slide in to tuck up for two other modes i didn't know if that was possible until I watched a video showing that it was doable, because the instructions at that point had made me distrust them so much. I was like, am I going to just rip the toy in half at the waist joint, or is this supposed to do something? Uh, all that aside, the instructions are the worst part of the figure. There's there's a lot about him I like. Um, I don't think he's the best Iron Factory piece still, um, but uh, I think he's, he's up there. He's certainly better than Evil Lord. Uh, I think... If he tabbed together more, he would be up there a lot higher. Um, I just I was disappointed. Maybe maybe I'm missing something, 
But I, I felt a little disappointed at the lack of uh, times where I felt like his arms should be tabbing into the sides of his body. And I've had I had that exact same complaint about the Titans Return Leader Six shot. Just the number of times that the arms are just kind of sitting there, and it's not like they're flopping around. It's just I I want that extra one click of security, uh, and, it, and it's missing. On this guy, certainly it's maybe a bit more excusable. What with him being Legend Scale, but you know, so he's he's about the size in robot mode. He's about the size of a GI Joe. Um, and it is really cool to have a small pocket-sized six-shot who does all of his G1 transformations pretty darn well. Um, all the modes look uh, up to par for me. Um, the car mode, I think, is the one that's the weakest, and that's only because even though he has rolling wheels, it's very hard to get clearance under the front part for the wheels to roll without, without you know, the front underside dragging on the floor. But... Like, he's, to me, a perfect step-up replacement to that old Justa Toys six-shot. Um, if anyone doesn't remember, Justa Toys basically did a world's smallest Transformer six-shot using some die-cast construction, who was basically the G1 toy, but uh, about three or four inches tall. And I think mm -hmm. this guy kind of fills in that that void um, as, as a, I guess, replacement really well, because he's, he's also quite posable. Um, so I'm, I'm happy with him. Uh, there, there are just little things here and there I wish could have gone better. Uh, Bop and Meg, or is there Aaron, you're, you're out of stuff? Yeah, it's been uh, uh, 49 and uh, 47 so far, hour work weeks. So it's been working and then coming home to not do anything like work. No worries, no worries. Um, TJ, I was thinking uh, we could maybe end off... Uh, well, I have one very short thing I want to throw in at the end, but we could end the the meat of this with uh, just some quick thoughts on the new Glios January's 2017 stuff, since I think we both dipped into that. Um, we could. Like, I've got actual off-topic. Oh, you do? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, do one of those then. That's that's probably more... Like, we can talk about Glios. I'll send it a link anyway, because it's fun. But uh, <laughs> we've talked about Glios enough times, like, it's probably don't really need to go into it that much. Um, well, what's, what's, uh, your actual off topic thing or things? Uh, oh, there's, well, there's two things. All right. Do, so, do one, then I'll do one, then you do yours and then we'll be done. Okay. Okay. So still the back and forth thing. Got yeah. it. Um, so for Christmas, one of the things I never really got to on this podcast, cause good Lord Christmas, um, I got the legacy Ninja Megazord. Oh, nice. with, the, with the like posable frog <laughs> with the posable frog. Yes. All right. That fr that frog is cool, and for some reason they let him open his mouth, but there's no tongue inside. And I thought to myself, "Wow, it's weird that he wouldn't have that like weird tongue attack he had from the show." And then I got him into robot mode and realized why he doesn't have a tongue in his mouth. Why doesn't he have a tongue in his mouth? Because uh, the mouth ends up in a very interesting spot on his crotch. Way to keep it subtle. Thank you. Uh, no problem. I always know you to be tactful. That's my middle name. Uh, Chris Tactvangelis. So it's a cool thing to get, but that means I have to go get a Falcon Zord. So I comb through eBay and I get myself the Legacy Falcon Zord as well. Uh, I can see why they released it individually, because that'd be a really heavy hit to buy all six at once. Mm-hmm. There is absolutely no reason to own the Falcon if you don't have the like the Ninja Megazord, like none. They and and man, 
I, I felt bad for people who tried because like that looked like the most boring standalone thing. I multiple times would have the Legacy Falcon Sword in hand, but think, nah, it's got to end up going on clearance. And at my Toys R Us, it never did. It just disappeared. Yeah, it's it's just a plastic bird. Yeah, like, and now I, it's like I'm looking at Amazon, and you can get the Ninja Megazord for like seventy four, and then the Falcon Zord for ninety. And that's an even worse proposition. Okay, okay, whoa, 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 whoa. I, I know there are probably, there are very likely cheaper places to get it than that, but just seeing that, just being like, ah, that means yeah. that those are starting to get a little bit thin out there. I was hoping that it'd be like, no, we cannot get rid, please. Do you, you remember what we did? whole bunch the, of robot bird enthusiasts yeah. just showed up. Bought yeah. all do, the do, 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 you remember, do, do you remember how Supreme Cheetor from Beast Wars went out? Yeah. Like, like two cents, get rid of this thing, get it out of our warehouse? I was hoping for one of those. but yeah. well, Throw it under the bus. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 my... no, because it might damage the bus, and then we'd have to pay for that. <laughs> no, no, like I will tell you, mine was like 65 shipped off eBay. Even then, gone! That's only because that's only because the Megazord was a Christmas present. Well, and also that Falcon Sword was like 50 bucks in retail when he came 60. out. 60. 60. God! Yeah, so yeah, so that's with shipping. That's basically retail. I'm I'm remembering now when he came out and I was like, "Oh, that looks like a really great $20 toy." And then you know, you know for like 30 I might have bid on with it. Maybe with all the paint, with all maybe, the paint, yeah. Maybe 40 yeah. with all the paint, the fact it has a joint in the middle of the wing that the oh. original one oh. didn't have. It has a joint. It's, all right. It's a little yeah. bit more. Okay. <laughs> That's literally the only improvement. A $10 the $10 joint upgrade you need for your wings. Because right. I still have the old Falcon Zord and Ninja Megazord upstairs somewhere in a box. Oh yeah, I have even less reason to get this then. Yeah. And that's what I was like, sitting there. I was looking at it like, is there anything that is more than like the the original release was? Well, and it hold, seems hold like that answer is no. I looked at a review of that thing. He has an elbow. <laughs> One elbow. Right? Oh. Am I am I wrong? I remember he has like an elbow. Okay. Oh, oh, you're right. Um Yeah, because they did this weird thing with the ape zord where it's like the way the way the uh, the leg slide transformation is engineered, you can like flex it. Yeah, and it's meant to it's meant to recreate some of his flight poses. So yeah, so he has an elbow, which was like that was me just like have, that was my final straw with looking at like considering the legacy toys. <laughs> I was like, you gonna put an elbow? Well, especially when especially when below the waist, he's actually decent. I know That's... it's like everything I ever wanted in a Megazord. Like uh, I, I said it know. before, like like Legacy's priorities for those Megazords is just different from mine because they are putting that money into something which is like the paint and everything else. Oh yeah, but I'm just like man, un elbow. All right, congratulations. <laughs> yeah, there's part of me is still just begging. It's like, please, we don't <laughs> we don't care about diecast, an elbow, a universal joint, something, anything. Yeah, we got you an elbow. Un elbow. You spoil me, Bandai. But I mean, like, I, I you know, I, I don't want to. Th- as far as I've seen, that figure actually looks pretty good in context of that line. Is it? Did it turn out all right, or is it like? Oh, the Megazord's great. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of su- there's a lot of little subtleties to it that makes me enjoy it. Like, I'm getting this. I'm getting the nostalgic feel for it 
from the original toys, but at the same time, there's just little bits here and there that help out, and just it, it, it makes it, it makes it a a little bit more of an enjoyable experience. But yeah, yeah, like I would I would say like the Ninja Megazord came out pretty good. Mm. Uh, never buy the Falcon Zord on its own. <laughs> yeah, never. Well, even the part where he combines with the Ninja Megazord looks kind of like. Okay, here's the thing. I applaud the effort of re-engineering how that works so that not only you don't have a bunch of big, like, ugly tabs sticking on the bottom of the bird, Mm -hmm. but also the fact that it combines the way it does in the show with the bird swooping in from behind and sliding onto the back. Like, that... That's actually a cool little touch. Mm. Uh, It doesn't work. Oh. It absolutely does not work. Because it's sliding into... It, it like it's sliding these two little plastic tabs on the on the Falcon Zord into two slots on the Ninja Megazord. But in order to make that work, the grooves they go into are a little bit bigger than they should be, just to help guide them in. Mm-hmm. And it means it's a really loose connection. Oh, wonderful! So, like if it's just standing there, the bird stays. But it's not like you're you're very unlikely to like fly this thing around you know like like you did as a kid it just injects the ninja megazord <laughs> well here's the other fun part like the way the bear ninja zord the, the torso yeah. of the megazord transforms the rear legs of the bear these big hind legs rotate upwards to form like the midpoint between the shoulders and the actual arms so and that's where the falcon clips on is the the underside of those bare feet Mm -hmm. Uh, on mine those particular hinges that fold those legs upward are a little bit looser than they should be Mm -hmm. to the point where i have to hold on to them if i want to like raise one of the shoulders or else it will like fold the leg back down which means it's very easy for this falcon to completely disengage itself (laughs) Oh man, I want to like Legacy. Legacy does good things if you like the roleplay side of it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but, I mean, I mean the Megazord side of it. Like, yeah, like it's not like it's not like oh man, it's, it's these one or two you know small things. It's like I mean, ejecting a wing pack potentially seems kind of bad, and like the whole thing where like the Legacy Megazord was physically not necessarily capable of dealing with being in the Ultra Zord. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a shame to hear about. Like, I buy the Falcon Zord in anticipation of a Shogun Megazord because they do have like fold-out tabs to comp to for the scenario of that toy coming out. Mm-hmm. That that is my hope. I just like the Shogun one is where it's like it's people who turn into sticks. <laughs> like, can they at least have like some universal joints? Probably not. God, like, all they do is turn the robot. No, to be fair, the way that old one engine is engineered, I can see where some of that would actually be really difficult. Yeah. But still, like, it's, it's, man, it's hard to, I always look at them and I always get these little pings of hope where I'm Mm -hmm. like, maybe it'll just, universal shoulders and hips. It's going to be great. I'll, I'll tell you where it is. If they make it as far as, like, the Astro Megazord, who is just straight up a Transformer. Yeah. 
And like, there's no combination gimmick to it. There's no nothing. It's just a spaceship that becomes a robot. If that isn't articulated, they'll find a way. <laughs> like, hey, we locked some of the articulation so we wouldn't fall apart, like that, uh, like that backpack thing, a couple, couple releases ago. Don't worry, guys. He has knees. Yeah, he has knees. No hips. He doesn't have any hips, so you can't use them. He won't fall over because we we took his hips away, but you can bend his knees, so it's like he's floating. <laughs> Um, I hope people out there who got their legacy Megazords are enjoying them. Uh, I've got I've got a really quick thing off topic that I got off eBay, but uh, it's it's a handmade piece. It's my first time dealing with this guy who's been around for a couple years. I've heard of him, and then he put up a piece that I kind of wanted because I like the color and I like what it's related to. But uh, it's a guy called Can- or go- at least his project goes by Can of Beams, uh, and he makes beam accessories. Oh, um, cool. He's so he, he's put out a lot of uh, Dragon Ball Z. I'm gonna say Z. Uh, Dragon Ball Z uh, fig arts accessories of like just you know Dragon Ball Z attack things like you know the energy waves and pulses, and he basically hand makes these and then sells them on eBay. So this thing was like 15 bucks, and uh, he designs them all to have like a peg hole to work with a Tamashi stage or other display stands, and so it's like you don't mount the the beam parts on the figure. You just put them in front of the figure on a display stand. And so I got this thing in person. It looks friggin' cool because it does. It's like a white core with a translucent purple energy aura around it, and the visual effect is awesome. Uh, I just so I was like, I like Shin Godzilla, and I like purple. I like lasers. I've always wanted to try out a can of beams, so now I'll have this purple laser beam I can put in front of stuff, and uh, it looks cool in front of stuff. But uh, yeah, he, he does a lot of DBZ. Uh, things like like you know what was the thing where Piccolo points forward with like two fingers or something and shoots a laser? He does that, right? Yeah. Oh, the special beam cannon. Yeah, yeah. So he like I think he's made like a special beam cannon, you know, beam part that you can have float in front of a Piccolo fig arts uh, figure. Uh, so it's really cool. Um, uh, he's the you know fellow is still active. Um, from what I saw on a toy arc thread, it seems like people still don't actually know how he makes the stuff. Um. But it feels really good. Can you please link me because Googling can of beans is really weird. Oh, not can of beans, <laughs> can of beams. Beams, okay. Uh, you know, like can of... That would explain it. With an M. <laughs> okay. Yeah, do the image search. There's like a... There's a Man, my with, history is going to look real weird for a bit. There's, there's a Krillin with his Super Daizaibatsu disc or whatever. This is... That's the name of it. And there's, sure uh, it is. there's Goku and Vegeta shooting Hadokens at each other. Um, okay, I'm seeing it. Ooh. Yeah, Frieza's purple death ball. These are all real names. Oh, jeez. He does. I, I, like, I'm, look, I'm looking at, like, his, like, splash image of all the things he's done. Like, like he, he did that, like, harp attack that Sailor Mercury had. Yeah. And that, that's a beautiful piece to even create. Yeah. Um, like a, a lot of these laser, I I can't remember what when he popped up. It was only a couple of years ago, and I've I've always been quite impressed with this stuff. Like it's expensive, but it's also handmade. Uh, it requires a display stand, but it makes for a very cool visual effect. Like I, I'm 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 very happy with uh, the piece I got. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's about it for my my what I my what I got. Some, I I have a I got a book as well, but I don't know if it's as interesting. And I can't, I can't remember if I talked about it before. So I, I got the Machine Robo book, like the Machine Robo book, Machine Robo Wedge. It's a darn good book. You should look into it if you can. Very rare. 
Uh, TJ, you had one other off-topic thing you mentioned to talk about. I finally put together my uh, Lego Parisian restaurant. Is it full of Paris? It's Paris-ish. Parisi-ish? Parisi-ish. All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a fairly different build from the ones I'm used to, because you you get your standard like business apartment all that. Like the idea of like building like the restaurant and the kitchen stuff was kind of, was interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I had to tear it apart because I forgot one brick in a in the fridge. No, which I hate. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> But it, it, no, it's a fun build. Like modulars are still my favorite thing to build, just because it's such a huge thing, and that you build up little tiny bits, and there's so mm-hmm. much little intricate detail, and there's really clever construction to some of it. Like mm. the way you the way you get the uh, the shell details on the roof, like the white structures, is a lot of sideways building that's really interesting. Yeah, where it has like the back and forth of the like tall arc, shorter arc stuff. Yeah, to make that graded profile for the uh, art loft area. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's the kind of stuff I like building. Like it's it's weird to me. It's like when I get when I get to like roofs and I have like like really artistic things to put together like that. I kind of get mm-hmm. like that. That's the those are some of the parts I enjoy the most. I I don't know if it's just because like I'm eager to see it finished because I've been building this thing for four days. But like usually, usually when I get to the roofs and they get kind of playful with things, I kind of go, "Ooh, that's that's a little into me." Because they, uh, they've the, done a good job of making odd pieces into roof details. Oh yeah, like there, there's white croissants on the roof of this thing. Yeah, it just kind of works. I don't know <laughs> why, but it just kind of works. Like. And the areas around there where it has the white shells up there and it's uh, what's what's surround what's surrounding it to create that is like uh, oh, fenders from a car. Mm-hmm. Like, that, OK, that's that's really clever. Like I, I build these things thinking, wow, I, I honestly wonder what else all of this stuff is used for. It's like there's bricks from things I know could be used for other things, but I've never used them in other things. But it's a it's a it's a fun one. There's a lot of intricacy to this one because it's not quite as like because it has that uh, that back terrace for the outdoor dining area. It's not quite as big as some of the others I've built. Mm. Like, it's just, uh, but that means like all that brick count that you get goes into very very tiny stuff like between the second floor and like the roof area there's this line of detail going all the way across and mm-hmm. it's the fe- it's like uh little feather pieces oh yeah but all done or in a row I, and then interlocked i think with that each they're other. like pins yeah they're supposed to be like quill like pens. quills yeah but when you interlock them like that it creates this completely different details like how do you even think how do you even think that up i don't know but like th- there's there's so much cleverness in these things. I think is why I like building them, just to find out what everything is made of. Mm-hmm. I think that's where, like, that, that's how that enthusiasm for, like, the the Lego parts library can totally grow once you start, you know, realizing how. The way it struck me is how surprisingly limited the library is for what they're accomplishing. 
like the mm-hmm. number of times before I really knew how Lego worked, where I just assumed like, oh yeah, they must have made a new piece for that. And it's like, no, they don't make new pieces. They make like one or two new pieces each year. No, but like that's uh that's modular number five for me, and it's officially outgrown the shelf where I keep my modulars. Alright. <laughs> yeah, that's my current issue is I want to clear off a room up in the display or clear off space up in the display room so that I can have more modulars because I am now two spaces short yeah. uh, on the current shelf area. And that and I want to get it out of that's in an area that gets more sun. And I haven't seen any yellowing yet, but the the time to stop is before it starts. Mm-hmm. This is very true. Yeah, I need to figure that out because as it is, like, I, I like if I get a board that's like seven inches longer than the current shelf, I can just set a board up there and set them all on top of that, and it's I don't even need to put in a screw or anything. But then I've got the one that uh, that just came out. Oh, you have got the anniversary one? I, I, no, I want to get it. I want to get it. I have... that. That's where it's like, I have to draw the line. No, I have to figure out where the hell it's all going to go first. Mm, yeah. Then we will actually figure out how to... When I'm actually going to be getting it. Or as me, I'm just... I'm sidestepping all of this. And I'm... Uh... I'm just I bought a bunch of extremely large Ziploc bags to get a bunch of Lego stuff out of the spots it's taking up and like I have a detolf and there's a Lego ship in it. Mm-hmm. This is I can't stand for this anymore. I'm ziplocking. I don't know what this whole shelf thing is about. I don't know you guys are speaking foreign language. Um Alright, I think that brings us to the end of our episode, number four four four. Thank you all for uh, listening. We'll be back again with some more Transformers talk. This month is, well, in a couple days from this recording, this month is Toy Fair month, that being February. So uh, we're going to have a, a couple biggins once, uh, I hope we'll have a couple biggins once we get the news dropped from that. If we don't, then, you know, that's what happens. But uh, stay tuned. Uh, thank you, Aaron and TJ, for joining me here. And thank you all for listening. This has been WTFTFW, and... Uh, I actually don't have a closer, so... Remember, save as. Right! Add all that up, I don't know what the f*** it means, but you got some badass perpetrators that are here to stay.